0: uh yeah you're good now Go Ten ahead. four,
1: ten four. test 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 okay it we're back big 6-9 day big 6-9 day hey we got a big guest today it's a new york football jet uh blake Cashman just got drafted um in the fifth round um he's down in the big apple and he's got a story to tell and we're really excited to to bring him on he's a guy that Went from no offers in high school. He walked on to his hometown uh, college, the Minnesota Gophers. um, Didn't play right away. Worked his butt off. uh, Had a couple good years. And then uh, found himself balling out in a combine. And now he's with the New York Jets. So, Blake, happy to have you, man. Um, First off, how did you get that last thing, Cashman? That's unreal. It's a common question a lot of people like to ask me.
2: Uh, I I guess I got a uh, good dad who carried a, a great last name with him but um i actually plan to do you know you know as a nfl player uh you got a big platform i definitely want to use it uh you know do some kind of branding for myself just because you know i i was blessed with a pretty cool that last name
1: that jersey's gotta be gonna be best-selling in new york do you know how many people are gonna want that jersey uh, I know you know my family and friends, but I, I hope uh, I hope Jersey sales go up for me. You know that means more money in my pocket.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <For business. Back. laughs> but Blake,
1: yeah, how would you uh, kind of shoot the listeners who uh, we have a lot in Europe? Because you know we're in Europe right now. That yeah. you know kind of familiar with American football, kind of not, but kind of shoot these guys a, a, a quick background of yourself.
2: Yeah, so you know, I'm been born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I lived there all my life, and so this is kind of my first time uh, being out in New Jersey right, right now that uh, I've been away from home. But yeah, growing up, I had a great childhood. You know, family was divorced, but uh, it kind of helped, uh, helped me grow up faster and mature faster. Uh, sports was always a big part of my life. You know, I, I'm from Minnesota, so of course I played hockey. Uh, we uh, played yeah, baseball as well, uh, football and basketball, but as I started to get older and I uh, started to focus more on uh, what I felt like I was best at and what interested me the most. Uh, it was football and basketball. Those were the two sports I pursued uh, throughout middle school and, and high school. And um, you know, when I got to high school, I, uh, you know, had a dream of mine that was to play uh, at the next level. Uh, I didn't know which collegiate level, but I wanted to. Uh, I knew for sure I wanted to play uh, football and/or basketball because there was a part of me that was thinking about. Um, doing both depending on uh, all my opportunities.
1: Yeah, you were a good hooper. I remember that because uh, for the preface this me and uh, Cashman were actually at rival schools, Minnetonka and, and Eden Prairie. So we actually played against each other on the football field. We might get into that one, but uh, yeah. So Cashman you're, you're in uh, high school. How did that uh, high school career go? You know, um, uh, football, were you guys successful? Um, did you get a lot of uh, hype recruiting?
2: Well, I remember the. Most was us beating up on Minnetonka. That's, that's,
1: that's probably the best memory I have. <laughs> well, good. Take that one. Yeah, take that.
2: I, proud uh, You know, at first, you know, high school was, uh, obviously for me, I felt like it was a great experience. But from an athletic standpoint, uh, for football being my, you know, number one love, I, it, was, it was a rough start for me because I was injured really my first three years of high school. I remember my freshman year. Uh, You know, it's a time, you know, to prove yourself. And of course you want to work hard to eventually play at the varsity level as soon as possible, because that's, you know, how you get a lot of uh, division one interest is playing early on uh, at the, at the highest level, uh, which would be the varsity team. And um, so freshman year, I I got a back injury. I missed, I think six games out of, out of eight. And then uh, sophomore year, uh, it was the same thing. I, I injured my back again, and I only played in one game that year. Uh, and then uh, when we got into the postseason for varsity, I got called up, and I was really just kind of like a practice uh, squad player for a high school team. And it really wasn't until my junior year uh, where I started playing a lot more. I remember uh, I had a good first game, but it was against uh, it wasn't it was against a team that wasn't very good. Uh, so you know, all the starters were pulled probably at halftime, but. You know, again, it was really discouraging because after that game, that next week of practice, I I got hurt. And I had to, I think I missed, I missed three games my junior, three or four games my junior. And so when I look back at it, um, you know, when I started pursuing college, it was, it was something that, you know, took a lot of opportunity with me just not being available on the field because um, I didn't have film to show any of these college scouts, um, college recruiters, you know, um, but, You know, I'm somebody that's very determined and, you know, you you put your mind to something and uh, you can overcome any obstacle you want as long as you stick to like a process and anything in life, you're going to have a process. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's a journey. It's up and down. But uh, I believe that, you know, if you stick to it and sometimes you got to grind out those that adversity, you know, you'll you're you'll overcome those and um, finish on top. And I kept telling myself that uh, I had a dream that I was going to play football in college and uh, hopefully in the NFL one day. And so I just kept doing my rehab, kept working hard, whether it be uh, in the weight room or in our off-season camps, programs that we had at our high school. And and then senior year, I kind of had a breakout year. I remember I think I finished – I was all state, all metro, all conference, all that stuff. And, um, you know, that really helped grab a lot of – interest from colleges uh, late in my senior year.
1: Yeah, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know you were hurt most of your high school career. Um I did read something because I was doing some research on it. They called you Glassman. <laughs> that's funny you bring it up.
2: Uh yeah I, I was hoping you know at this point that name would be retired and never uh resurface. So thank Knock you for that. <laughs> it's all good. Uh yeah no my all my high school buddies uh they all gave me that name because you know, I was always getting injured, whether it be you know a major injury or you know something minor. But uh, I always seemed to have something wrong with my body. Uh, thankfully, though, um, you know, as I got older, I felt like, uh, like when I left high school, I was able to stay healthy for the most part. Which, you know, in the game of football, that's the most important thing is staying healthy.
1: Um, uh, Cashman, so when all these injuries were happening, you know, at such a young age, and it, it sounds like you've been really into sports. You love the game. You, you know, you want to prove yourself on the field. You want to be with your teammates. Um, and you kind of hit on it. Like, how did you really handle that adversity? That's hard, especially as a kid. And, um, you know, three straight years. So what uh, were the systems in place, and, and how did you really battle through that? I won't lie. I mean, it was very discouraging. Uh, I was just
2: fed up um, with going through – uh, all those injuries and rehab and anybody that's had, you know, major injuries, the rehab recovery process is the worst part about it. Uh, it just takes a long time depending on your injury. And um, as like a very competitive athlete, something that you've been doing all your life, you just want to get on the field or the court or whatever it may be as soon as possible. Um, but for me, you know, I feel like I'm somebody that, you know, I keep a really good uh, support system around me. So, you know, it, it's, it's, the most challenging part is just the mental part of an injury. And if you're going to come back as strong, um, are you going to be fully recovered? Is it going to be something permanent with you? Uh, But, you know, I had a lot of people to to lean on and talk to about it. Um, But I won't lie. I I remember my senior year, I was thinking, like, you know, I've banged up my body already so much. Like, there's no no way I'm going to last in any college level. Uh, These guys, you know, you're going from high school to college, and that's really when you're playing with grown men because I, there's a big difference between an 18-year-old kid walking into, you know, a football team in college, and you're playing against guys that are 4th or 5th year seniors that are 22, 23 years old, and your body changes so much. So I was, I was thinking, there's no way I'm gonna be able to make it to college, uh, and I almost thought about not playing football in college. I was, I mean, I was, I was so close to, you know hanging up the gleets and just going to a school, you know, somewhere far away uh, from Minnesota, like uh, University of Arizona or uh, somewhere in Florida and just, you know, having a completely different experience.
0: So then what made you you continue then?
2: I, well, it was one of those things that as uh, the time got closer to make a decision on uh, what I want to do for college, you know, I I just kind of reflected on, like who I was and what I've been doing all my life. And I remember I remember sitting in my bed, uh, it was like 11 o'clock at night, it was a school night, and I was thinking about like all the best memories I've had growing up. And it all really involved, you know, being with someone that was a teammate or, you know, overcoming an obstacle to win a game. Uh, one thing I thought about was uh, in middle school when I was playing travel basketball, we were down – 12 points to a team. It was for the championship game in a tournament. And we came back and ended up winning by, by two uh, points. And, and there was only, like I said, like uh, two minutes left in the game. So like, I thought about things like that, that, you know, what makes sports uh, and competition so special. And, you know, I always, I kind of identify myself as an athlete. And that's something I wasn't willing to give up.
0: Yeah, right, right. And yes, you, so so you said you you went through the whole struggle of like uh the recruitment process. What well, like what was it like senior year cuz it's different for me cuz I come from Florida where we have spring ball. Yeah. You know so for for a lot of us we are already getting recruited out of our sophomore junior year and like going in my senior year I already had it planned out to where I was going I'd already committed so I had no issues my senior year was just balling out and having fun. What was that what was that process like for you?
2: I definitely didn't have uh, that kind of experience um uh... You know Minnesota though, there's just. I mean, Nick, you probably, uh, you know, add to this, but you there's know, no love. There's no they, love. There's no love. Boy. There's no respect, and you know I find it funny because you know there's probably not as many good uh, athletes, no matter the sport, that come out of Minnesota as somewhere like Florida. But there, I mean, if you look, like just in the Big Ten, there's a bunch of stud players. It, it, it's it's just a few, but they're stud players and have big right. investments. So um, I feel like it's something that, you know, although we don't play as many games and uh, we don't have as much film to put out there for colleges, it's something that, you know, I think deserves a little bit more respect in, for colleges to be looking at as talent-wise uh, in Minnesota. But uh, for me, it started off with just Division three schools, and I'm talking Division three schools that weren't even very good. Like I w- St. Thomas didn't even contact me until probably – six weeks into my high school, uh, season, my senior year. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a lot of, you know, I'm not going to knock them, but they're good colleges. Uh, maybe academic, but they did not have good football programs. And I was like, screw this. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go play at these schools. Like I'm going to go to a big university. I, I got a big personality and I'm going to have a, a great experience as a student. Um, but then as we got into playoffs and I started playing, more and more on uh, playing at a high level, I started grabbing some um, uh, Division II interest um, from like mankato UMD took visits there, and I really liked uh, Mankato. I was um, you know almost sold on going there, and then it wasn't until January where i had to make, I had to make my decision I, I mean I don't know how it necessary is now, but when I was in high school, it was like first week of February you had to make your decision where you're going to school. Yeah, like football or basketball, or whatever it may be, and it was January when uh, Division One teams started finally starting to reach out to me. And you know what it took? It took me emailing these schools like a little something about me, uh, my huddle tape, telling them I'm really interested in playing. Like they didn't even contact me; I had to reach out to them. So if it wasn't for me reaching out to them, I wouldn't. I would have not been wearing a uh, you know a jersey that was representing the University of Minnesota, but. Um yeah, so I finally grabbed some Division One interest, uh, took some visits, and, you know, I looked at my opportunity, and it wasn't about two days until National Sign Day where I was like, I got to go big or go home. Uh, can't I can't sell myself short because if I do that, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, I'm going to look back and say, okay, if I go to St. Thomas, play football and basketball, yeah, I'm going to have a great experience. I'm going to have a great time. I'm probably going to have a, a, a great career there. but I'm always going to wonder, what if I would have walked on at Minnesota? Uh, so that's what I ultimately uh, did. Um, but just kind of to, uh, you know, share which teams were interested in me, it was just Minnesota preferred walk-on. Um, Iowa State preferred walk-on. NDSU preferred walk-on. And then D2 was Mankato and UMD. And then I had a lot of uh, the Division three schools uh in minnesota interested but that was it for me i didn't have many many options and nothing that was really that big and special
1: that's it's a story man that that's probably lit a lit a fire for sure which we're gonna get into but uh quick thing that before i wrap up this high school thing i mean first of all you were like a, a, a db you know what i mean you played ba- a linebacker in college right i mean correct it's, yeah yeah you got that right yeah like you were nice. 160 pounds. I remember you. Were, you weren't that big of a dude. <laughs> I wasn't. I was not at all. Uh and, yeah. What were you gonna say? Yeah, and I was. Did um, Mike Grant? Because obviously Eden Prairie people don't know they're the big thing of Minnesota. They win a ton of championships, and they're they're led by an amazing head coach. And when I was at Minnetonka, you know, it's the rivalry. So you hate on Mike Grant, but then I had him at the All Star game as a coach. Right. I'll tell you what, that man's the real deal. And yeah. if you know his father's Bud Grant, a, a Vikings legend, but did uh, was that a big reason why you even got to preferred walk-in in Minnesota? Did Mike Grant fight for you? I mean, what was it like playing for him? Uh, well, you know, first of all, playing for him was great. I mean, talk about
2: a guy that knows the game of football so well. He's like a football guru, so um, you know, starting freshman year when you start working with him uh, more closely, he's just able to teach you a lot about the game and, um, you know, what stands out to me most about Uh, Mike is uh, just uh, the lessons in life that he teaches you and uh, shares with his, his football players. He, I feel like the program he's built in prayer really makes you a better man. And it, it, it helps you with more things off the field and on the, uh, on the field, whether it be um, just, you know, home life, relationships, um, you know, your academic standing, I mean, that's that's what sticks out to me the most about uh, the Eden Prairie football program that he built. Um, but, yeah, he, he was able to help me because I don't know if you know the name J.D. Spielman. Uh, he's the son of Rick Spielman, the GM for the Vikings. He's a stud slot receiver at Nebraska right now. He'll probably be first team all Big Ten next year. He'll be shot at the NFL. Uh, so I played with him at Eden Prairie. He was a year younger than me. But he was actually being recruited. Uh, by the gophers when he was a junior i was a senior at the time and the gophers had uh asked about some uh players on the team if they would be interested in like walk-on uh because you know we did have a good team and we had some good athletes and minnesota needed to uh add more guys to their freshman class um, for walk-ons and so he came up to me in the hallway one day and asked me hey the gophers were in like would you want me to give them a call and asked like if they would, you know, meet with you and show some interest. And I, I immediately, I was like sold. I said, yes, like I want to, I want to meet with them. And, um, and from then on, it, it was, it was history.
1: Shout out my grant. That guy's the real deal. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. So we're talking about, do I do the walk-on or do I go D3? And you said, you know what, I'm going big or I'm going home. And you know, a lot of people, make that decision and it doesn't end up how it ended up for you. So that was a big uh, risk. Um, yeah. uh, let's talk about going into, you know, the Gophers. And did you have a, a ton of motivation from getting clowned by a lot of schools? And what was your mindset going into to the Gophers? Uh, well, I was, I was a hungry dog. I, I, I remember
2: I, you know, trained really hard uh, before I reported in June uh, with the team and uh, you know, when I walked in, I felt just as strong, athletic, fast. You know, than you know these guys that were four-star recruits that we had, and um, so it kind of pissed me off. I'm like, you know, wh- why why didn't I get an offer? Like I'm looking around at these guys, and I'm like, I'm and then I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, I'm just as good, if not better, than all these guys. So it kind of just like almost like made me a little bit mad. Uh, and that anger just kind of motivated me to, you know, bust my butt in anything that we we were doing. And I remember, uh, you know, I immediately caught all the coaches attention just because in every drill we did, because when you report, it's all basically uh, strength and conditioning uh, until you start training camp or fall camp two days, whatever you want to call it. And I remember we had a pacer test that first week and I was like the third guy left, um, until I dropped out. And then I, I remember uh I, I almost fainted I almost fainted on the field when I was done but there was two guys that beat me on the team both of them uh, were seniors guys that work hard guys that I looked up to um but I remember I got done and I almost fainted and like the co- I remember I had like three or four coaches come up to me and told me like you know that's how you work that's how you like you're gonna earn respect from your teammates and everything and you know that's just kind of how I carried my mentality is just although like I'm a, I'm a teammate. These are my brothers. We're a family. Like I'm competing against uh, these guys, and uh, I want to earn my spot and um, you know be playing on the field on Saturdays. Uh, and then you know another thing, that just kind of I carry with me through college, and I still do today. Was I remember being recruited, and uh, just out of respect, I'm not going to name the coaches or schools that said this to me, but I I remember I called school, I called school. I'm not kidding about this. These are the exact. I called the school at my lunch period, my senior year in high school, and I told them, "Hey, like, thank you for you know taking me on a visit. Thank you for all the love you show me, and uh, you know, pers- like, all your interest in pursuing me. But I've decided to you know go to uh, walk at University of Minnesota, um, so I'm I'm not gonna accept your your offer and. It was a D coordinator and a head coach. And they got on the phone with me, and they told me, like, what are you doing? You're making the biggest mistake of your life. And I, I'm sitting there on the phone, just an 18-year-old kid. I'm like, this is my dream to play in the Big Ten, like, represent the hometown team, University of Minnesota. Like, I just want to give it a shot and see what happens. And they're like, you know what, kid? Like, have fun riding the bench for four to five years. Like, you're never going to see the field. Um, they're like, get used to watching from the sidelines. Uh, like, you're like I remember, what pissed me off right before they hung up the phone was they're they're like, you know, you're you're an all right athlete, like you're good in high school, like you'd probably be good at our level, um, but you're not even uh, gonna come close to competing with the guys at the Division one level, and they hung up. <laughs> so and, big
0: middle finger to them now.
1: I'm yeah,
2: loving- I mean that. I still something I think about today and like where I'm at in my position, and you know, it was funny is I remember, I was a I was a. It was our spring ball my sophomore year, and that coaching staff that told me I would never play uh, Division One level came in to uh, our football complex for a coaches clinic. It was, like, smaller schools learning from uh, Minnesota. And I was sitting in meeting rooms with these coaches that told me, like, I wasn't anything special. And this was when I just came off of, – a. Uh, a good sophomore season. I just gotten the uh, holiday bowl, defensive MVP. And so I really, you know, it took everything in my, uh, my power to bite my tongue
1: and not say anything to those guys because I was, I was pretty pissed off. You're a better man than me, but it's, it's <laughs> amazing how uh, cutthroat that college football is and what they do to kids. They're grown yeah. men. Like, yeah. um, at least you, you call them during school. Like, yeah. coach, I want to be respectful and tell you, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is my yeah. dream. And for them to do that, and it was obviously a Minnesota school. That's the, the schools you listed off. That's wrong, and yeah. it's it's really sad, the what's happening in college sports how they're treating kids. Yeah. And but that's awesome, man. That's the kind of stuff I was so excited for you to speak on because uh, it's inspiring. I yeah. mean, it gets the people going. But um, so hey, so you're a walk on. You know, yeah. how did uh, these uh, coaches how do they treat you? Because sometimes they treat them walk ons like, yo, we just want them to quit, get them get the hell off the field, like. I mean, they really test you.
2: I would say, as a walk-on, at least from uh, at the University of Minnesota, um, you don't get treated poorly or treated with disrespect or anything like that. If anything, you get treated. I'd say similar to the scholarship players. The only really big difference is uh, you're not going to get your opportunity first. So uh, when you know you get in the fall camp, training camp. Uh, and you start doing scrimmages, like you get the 1s one versus 1s going, 2s versus 2s, 3s versus 3s. And then they'll throw them, what we called the, it the young guns. And it was all the freshmen. Uh, and I remember for like the first week of camp, I didn't get a rep. I was a safety at the time. We had a four-star uh, recruit safety um, that was getting a lot of snaps. We had a, a guy from Illinois getting all snaps. So I never even really touched the field in those scrimmages. I was doing Indian special teams, and that was it. And it kind of pissed me off because it's like, okay, I'm here too, like, let me get an opportunity to show you what I could do. And uh, so that's the thing that really stuck out to me the most and really the only difference, I'd say, you're not gonna get your opportunity first and then you probably have less room for error. A scholarship kid can um, mess up uh, more on the field or he can um, even have like bad grades and they're still gonna give another opportunity. I've seen walk-ons get released because of bad grades. Um, and they—they're guys that work really hard in the room, in the film room, on the field. But because they have bad grades, they got let go. So. Um.
1: Now, Blake, you talked about having uh, that big personality. I mean, you had a successful high school career. You know, uh, big fish. You know, how does that feel when you get, you know, so humbled and not getting no reps? And and how do you deal with uh, your ego? And I mean, how do you put the ego to the side and just say, you know, what I'm going to work. You know, I I really appreciate it. Honestly, it's just
2: something that you know when you look back on it, and you know as you, I continue to go through life and pursuing football and reflect on it, is it just adds a chip on your shoulder. And you know, when I've had a lot of people, you know, tell me I'm not worth a damn. I can't play at this level. Um, I'm not big enough, strong enough. You know, all those things that you can read online about me, and it just keeps adding a chip on my shoulder and um, this adds fuel to the fire for your motivation. Um, so I love it. You know, I remember going in the combine and reading things um, about what I was expected to be rated at and scored at and what my times and numbers going to be. And all these analysts that are, you know, supposed to know everything about football and uh, players. They I mean, they told me like I was going to run a four seven, like seven that I would like jump up 32 and all these things and like. I was laughing reading these articles because I'm like, they have no idea like the work I put in and um, what I am capable of doing. And so it's just one of those things that it's just, it's fun to prove uh, people wrong and um, you know, it's, it's, it just continues to inspire me.
1: Yeah. Critics, baby. We talk a lot about the critics and the haters and yeah. But uh, so Blake, um, Everything wasn't sunshine and rainbows with the Gophers, was it? Was there times where you thought, like, damn, maybe I should have went to St. Thomas. Uh, maybe this isn't for me. And uh, how did you handle that?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, to just kind of go back through my college career, I remember freshman year, uh, just the adjustment was super hard. was just very intense. And I never thought about uh, quitting my freshman year uh, but i did question like like am i ever going to play and I, I remember telling myself i was on the phone with my mom and dad too and i said like hey i'm going to give this 2 3 years and if i'm not playing as much as i want like i'm i'm i'm, I'm going to hang up the cleats like i'm not going to put in all this work all this time and effort if if i'm only going to be playing on two special teams or if you know i'm only going to get a couple snaps a game like it's just not worth it to me as much as i love the game cuz there's just too much sacrifice that goes into it with no reward um but freshman year like i was able to work hard uh, i played on uh, special teams and you know that was a good way for me to kind of get my toes wet and get a feel for how fast uh and you know physical the big 10 uh is you know playing at a different level um like that and uh you know i, I did pretty well i had some, uh, freshman mistakes and, uh, definitely had to, uh, mature and grow up fast, um, just to adjust, you know, but then sophomore year, uh, that was a, at first it was kind of a discouraging year. I I just got moved to linebacker and, um, we had just put in a new defense that we learned from, uh, the D coordinator at Wisconsin. Uh, and he, uh, he came in, taught our coaches uh, this defense before he went, took a job at LSU, and it was really, it was a sweet defense, perfect for me. But I, for some reason, couldn't figure it out up here in my head. And and if you can't, if you don't know what your assignment or jobs on the field, I don't care how good you are, how talented, you're just not going to see the field. Um, so it was about, I was only playing special teams in about halfway through the season. I started getting more and more snaps on defense, and um, I kind of the last three games in the bowl game is when I like broke out and made a lot of plays, ended up leading our team in sacks. Um, so I, I, was, I was really motivated. That's when it first kind of hit me. Like, you know, if I keep playing like this, I stick to this path and you know keep improving every year, I'm going to get a chance at the NFL. Uh, and then junior year came around. Um, I had in that year from my off season, uh, in my sophomore year to the end of my junior uh, fall season, I had three shoulder surgeries. Uh, we had a new coaching staff. And uh, I was playing on all special teams, and I wasn't on as many packages. I was playing less my junior year than I did my sophomore year. And I remember thinking, like, what is going on? Like, am I getting worse? Like, do these coaches not like me? Like, I, it, was, it was a very hard year for me just because I had a lot of things I was dealing with, you know, in the training room trying to recover from my shoulders. Uh, I was taking hard classes. and I wasn't playing as much football as I'd like in your junior year. Uh, as most people know that, you know, follow uh, football and uh, NFL scouting it's a big year, uh, you know, to draw a lot of interest from the NFL. So uh, that was really hard on me. But like, like I, I stuck to my roots and that was to, you know, whatever adversity you face, continue to work uh, hard, do what you need to do uh, and stick to the process. It's going to lead you to success. And uh, I kept doing what I need to do, kept my head down and ended up having a really good senior year. Uh, which kind of helped, you know, propel me to where I'm at right now.
0: Cashman,
1: your whole, I mean, freaking career has been adversity. Yeah. Um, Did it come a point where it's just like, yo, I've been through this before. I made it out stronger. And, I mean, is that what really just kept you going? I mean, did you have a nice circle? You talked about, you know, putting your head down working. But, you know, really dive into this for, you know, the people that are going through crap. I mean, did you have systems? Were you waking up early? Were you doing this? I mean, how did you – I mean, your story's crazy. How the hell did you keep fighting? Well,
2: for for me, you really got to just, like I've talked about earlier, like reflect on who you are, who you want to be, and where you want to go. And, you know, I came into this thing with uh, one goal, and that was to play at University of Minnesota and, uh, you know, hopefully have that opportunity to play in the NFL. And, you know, from day one, all I said is I want that opportunity. So you know, how I looked at it was, you have your goal, and, you know, there's this process of things that you need to do to reach that goal, and along the way, uh, you need to learn and accept to love the adversity and obstacles and the ups and downs that come along that process, because, um, you know, we talk about at Minnesota, the line of success isn't just straight up, it's it's up, down, up, down, and it's a slow, steady uh, rise to the top. And um, that's something I carried with me like my entire time at school. And for me, the best way, I think, to uh, get to where I wanted to be to reach my goal was to, to have a process and have a, a daily routine uh, and a schedule that I can stick to um, to ha- you know, help keep me focused. And then, you know, every day remind yourself of uh, what your motivation is. Um, that's something that even now in the NFL, uh, you know, speakers come and talk to teams, players will tell you, uh, other players that, um, is you got to find your motivation and keep reminding yourself of what that motivation is. And, um, as long as you continue to stay motivated, you're going to be determined and put in the work necessary to, uh, be at the top.
1: What two questions, what was that schedule you did and two, what, what is your motivation? My motivation
2: uh, really is, my motivation was to get the platform of uh, what the NFL has to offer um, so I could, you know, do things that I'm passionate about uh, and that I love. And uh, I actually own a nonprofit. uh, It's called Athletes Answer to Hunger. Started my senior high school. It's, you know, it's nothing major, but I had done some some food packs um, in high school and then even in college too with. Go for athletics, but um, you know, my motivation is, you know, I want to I want to expand and grow that nonprofit. Uh, and I want, you know, my thing is I'm a big people player, I'm a genuine guy. I wanna, you know, spread love. I want to help other people. Um, you know, there's so many people just within the US that struggle with food insecurity. Um, Minneapolis where I see uh, where I claim home and where I grew up, I think in the downtown area, I think twenty seven percent of uh, people and kids go hungry on the weekends because they're getting most of their meals from public schools during the week, but they can't afford to have, you know, two, three meals a day on the weekend, which is crazy to me. And um, so, you know, that's something I, I really am passionate about and I want to, uh, you know, do as I you know, hopefully continue to have a successful NFL career. Uh, and then, you know, the game of football uh, especially at the NFL level. it's a, it's a blessing. It, it's, it's a job. You can do what you, your passion and love to do. Um, but I, I'm somebody that, you know, I, I want to help my family. So it'd be great for me. Uh, in my opinion, to I want to help put my sisters. I got three, uh, half sisters, uh, help put them through, through college. My parents have done so much for me. Uh, they've sacrificed so much, um, you know, to help get me where I am. So I kind of want to return the favor. Um, to them. And so that's those kind of two things are something I want to end up doing uh, for them. And then, you know, talk about my routine. My routine really was, you know, get up at 6.30, 7 a.m. Uh, really, I'll talk about my routine for when I was kind of facing the most adversity. And that was like soft, my transition from sophomore to junior year. Uh, so I was wake up at 6.30. I go bang out my treatment uh, for my shoulders right away because I knew. Uh, I wouldn't get to where I needed to go unless I was healthy. So that was like the number one thing. Uh, and then I would head to to class. And then, you know, instead of coming back from class, I stayed disciplined. So when I got back from class. Instead of like, you know, watching maybe an hour and a half of Netflix and then going to spring ball practice, I would do homework. I would stay disciplined and get that stuff done so I wouldn't have to worry about it after practice. Uh, so I get all my school done. Then I'd go to uh, spring ball practice, which I wasn't really doing anything, but obviously my injury, but I would um, – I'd be in the weight room or, you know, doing some kind of work that I can do uh, to get better because I think that's the most important thing in with your routine is uh, find something you can be better at every day, uh, and that that was, like, my goal every time I woke up.
1: Wow, wow. And, um, you know, a lot of athletes and a lot of, you know, big people say, oh, you know, give back in the nonprofit, but you started that as an 18-year-old. You're not yeah. bolstering. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so I sometimes I feel – uh, a little comfortable with like talking about it just because, like, so many athletes you know say they want to start something or um, they say they're going to, and that's like once they make it to the NFL or make it to whatever profession, uh, professional court they're in. But for me, I started that back when I was uh 18 years old. Uh, I remember I'll never forget that first food pack I did. Um, it was with our uh, high school football team at Eden Prairie, it was grades nine through 12. We packed a bunch of food. Uh, I think it was like 13,000 meals uh, just within a couple of hours. And we gave it to this uh, school in downtown Minneapolis that had a backpacking program, which uh, fills these backpacks up for kids to take home on the weekends so they can have a meal because uh, the parents can't afford it. And I mean, that what really, uh, you know, motivated me and just like showed me how much uh, I love you know, helping other people is when we came to drop off the food. And the lady in charge of the backpacking program at this uh, school in Minneapolis, she started breaking down in tears and crying um, and started hugging the, the, me and the five other uh, Edinburgh football players I was with. And that's something that, you know, is just really moving and touching.
1: Yeah, it blows my mind because what you're talking about here, you know, you got the talkers that say they're going to do it, and you got the doers, yeah. and they're doing it. And then, you know, giving to other people and how good that feels and the difference it makes. That's what we're all about here at Bull Perceptions, and it's crazy how, you know, I didn't know this about you, and yeah. uh, how the universe kind of puts people in the same. You know, the reason you're, you're doing this podcast, it, it blows my mind. But no, that's that's the real deal, man. And uh, I don't know you that well. You grew up, or you were a roommate with one of my uh, really good childhood friends, Blake Weber.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, I can tell you got a good good head on you, and it, it's awesome, man. It's sweet. But uh, let's kind of go to that senior season, and then kind of hit the combine and. All that uh, emotion and all that—what um, happened to you? You're, you've been on a roller coaster last year.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, senior year, I, you know, numbers-wise, statistically, I, I had a pretty good season. Um, you know, it wasn't the season that I was hoping for. Being a senior, uh, going six and six isn't your ideal senior year, but uh, it was a big year for golf football just because. We had, I think they, got
1: the axe. Yeah, yeah. So we got
2: the ax. Yeah. Yes. We got the ax, which was, you know, huge for Minnesota. Um, that was definitely one of the highlights of my uh, go for career there. Um, but we had a lot of freshmen playing, uh, a lot of young guys, with no experience. And, uh, that was really tough because, uh, you know, they're still learning, they're making mistakes out there, but it, it's costing us games. But the thing is like, those guys grew so much in the year, they improved so much that it kind of, set the tone for what gopher football will be like in the near future. Uh, So, you know, now being alumni and a fan from the outside, I'm really excited to see what they can do. So it was a big year for them. And uh, I kind of started to realize that once we lost, what was it, three or four straight games after uh, when we started our Big Ten play. Um, But, you know, my thing was, like, No matter our record, like, I had to go do my job and, uh, you know, be accountable for my teammates. And as a team captain, uh, I had to lead with the other uh, seniors, uh, to lead the young guys, show them the gopher way, and then, um, you know, take care of my job and hopefully we'll get a victory
1: at the end of the day on a Saturday. Yeah, so when that was happening, you're a team captain here. It's your senior season when shit's hitting the fan. And you know, um the, the media in Minnesota attacks over football, especially yeah. Pete Fleck, he's so out there and and yeah. which I like, I love his positive energy, but how did you um, as a captain deal with that and then you know help your team get through that when all the critics and all the people were coming at you guys when you're you're losing? Oh, uh, I I remember uh we were in the
2: defensive meeting room and it was myself and a couple of my teammates in uh we actually, Coach Fleck had canceled practice because it was the first practice of the, of the week on a Tuesday, and he had never done that before, but he was so mad because he didn't think we came up, came out of practice with enough energy, and so we kind of talked as a team, and uh, one of the things that myself and the other seniors talked about was, like, listen, right now, like, we have lost, whatever, three straight, uh, after starting 3-0, and like, yeah, it's not what we want, but listen, every week is a new week, and we all have uh, areas of improvement that we need to get better on. No matter if you're a starter uh, or you know somebody that's not going to play. Uh, but we talked about that like we needed everybody to you know help turn the season around and uh, get to a bowl game because that was our focus: get to a bowl game and obviously win as many games as possible. But uh, it was going to take everyone, so. Uh, one thing we talked about is we needed our scout teams to be more physical and, you know, try to, you know, kick the ones and the twos uh, butts a little bit because uh, they weren't really giving us that great of a look. So uh, we talked about, you know, needing them to step up more and then uh, as leaders keeping guys accountable because we had guys, you know, that weren't watching enough film when they had the chance. So uh, we started, you know, texting uh, in groups, you know, just to, when you're done with class, meeting me in the film room, because uh, it never hurts to get uh, enough film. So it really is just talked about, you know, emphasizing points uh, that we need to improve on uh, in practice.
1: Uh, How did you guys uh, finish the season out?
2: Uh, well, we finished our last three games. We finished out strong. Uh, although we went 2-1, it was uh, our, our senior night against, our senior day against Western was a tough game. But, uh, you know, winning that axe, I think kind of, made everyone forget about going 6 and 6 just because it hadn't been done in like uh, 14 15 years. i say hey grandma,
1: the charger. You guys, um oh, you got the charger ready. I was going yeah, little... to have the This is wrong on cut for everyone listening, but uh, okay, so did you guys the bowl game? Talk about that. I forgot. Did you I don't even remember. Uh so I decided not to play in the
2: bowl uh, That's right. Uh, bowl you did. Game. Um uh, it was, there was only, it was me and one other senior. We didn't, we didn't play, uh, Donnell Green. He's with, I think Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Um, but you know, of course I was watching the bowl game, you know, I'm cheering my, my gopher brothers on, uh, my, my teammates and, uh, they ended up doing a, a really great job against Georgia tech. quick land ball in Detroit. I think they won like 37 to 10 or something like that, or 15. I don't know. It was, they dominated the whole game. Uh, and it was really cool just because uh there were so many young players that stepped up, uh so many freshmen or uh, uh retro freshmen that played well. And uh that it was kind of exciting to see that that you know that like I said earlier, that's gonna kind of set the tone uh for Gopher Football uh, going into the future.
0: Yeah, I totally what made you sit up the bowl game.
2: So I decided, you know, you only get one shot uh in the NFL. And um it's now or never, and my thing was coming off uh, a good year uh, and uh, talking with NFL teams, and you know something they're all <laughs> interested in was, you know, am I going to be healthy? Uh, am I, my my I shoulders going to hold up? Uh, and I wanted to take, you know, with the combine so early, and it's such a big stage. It's the biggest. Uh, what, I, what a lot of people uh, call it, and in, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest uh, interviews in the world, and uh, I need to take all the time I needed to, to, uh, you know, help me uh, put up the best numbers possible to ultimately give me the best opportunity to land on our roster.
1: Yeah. I remember reading about this. Um, people were pissed. They're like, what the hell does he think he's doing? Do you think Does he think he's going to make it to the league? I mean, there was a lot of criticism. And then we just talked about it. You were the captain too. And then kind yeah. of leaving your team and, and yeah. doing all that. I mean, you got a lot of um, flack for that. Didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I,
2: I remember it's funny because I remember uh, I was, you know, I had to turn off my Twitter notifications because people were blowing me up on my phone. Uh, and I remember people were like, LOL, I can't believe uh, you're going to sit out of a bowl game uh, for a draft, an NFL draft that you're not going to be drafted in. Uh, <laughs> things like that. And like, I was kind of looking at these uh, tweets and shaking my head. I kind of laughed too, but. Um, you know, it's kind of a thing in college football uh, that's kind of becoming a trend. And, um, you know, I, knew, I actually knew a lot of people that are currently on NFL rosters uh, that are rookies this year that uh, did similar things to me. And um, everybody has different reasons. But uh, it's one of those things that you go play Division One football with hopes to make it in the NFL. It's not about – your goal isn't to play Division One football – and then go work at Wells Fargo Bank. Like, your, your goal is to go to Division One football and then get that opportunity in the NFL. And if... if, if that was my goal all along. That was uh, my vision. And, you know, I, like I talked about it, I have a process and a routine. And I looked at it as, you know, I get two and a half solid months of hardcore training to, you know, sell out, uh, bust my butt, and to... You know, getting the best shape of my life, uh, getting the best athletic peak of my life to, you know, help me uh, show out for all these NFL scouts and coaches. And uh, I wasn't going to waste any time uh, on an opportunity of a lifetime.
1: Yeah. And Cashman, it blows my mind. You sacrifice your, all this effort and time to go for football, helping out people, all that. And when you have an opportunity of a lifetime uh, to take care of your family, like you yeah. said, your, your sisters and all that. And for people to just be like, oh, you're selfish. Like, what? I mean, it blows my mind when these coaches are making millions of dollars. They're going to tell a, a player that's getting, you know, a scholarship, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> that you're selfish. No, that's not how it works. You, they would take a job at Florida for $10 million a year yeah. in a heartbeat. Oh. So, absolutely. So. I and mean, it's the same thing with
2: coaches. Um, you know, everybody, when you're together as a team, whether you're a coach or play, you all got it. You're all working together. You're all working hard for you know, one common goal, one, uh, uh, one like, uh, final goal you want to reach at the end of the season, which is championships. But uh, at the end of the day, like, you – at that Division one level, you're also looking out for your best interest too because, you know, coaches want to keep moving out. If you're a D coordinator, you probably – or an office coordinator, you probably want to be a head coach one day. So if a head coaching job opens up, you're probably going to take it because you're probably going to get more money too. Same thing with a player. Like, like if you have – the opportunity to go to the NFL, which you dream about since you were playing backyard football when you were four or five years old, why would you not do everything you can to capitalize on that opportunity?
1: Well, PJ Fleck uh, went from, was it Western Michigan? They were killing it to the Gophers. Yeah. And and, pun intended, they jet off when the money calls. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same
2: thing with uh, people transferring too. Like I I can't stand when uh, people jump on Twitter so I'm sort of giving flack to all these high, high school or college athletes that are changing their commitment or changing uh, the school they want to go to. It's like, okay, if a is not going to play, if there's a, if there's a kid in the same class that uh, is a stud and he's going to be there the entire time that that kid's going to be there he decides, hey, I'm not going to play here, I need to transfer so I can get opportunity and time on the field, then why not do that? He's giving himself the best opportunity probably to hopefully one day give him a chance to play in the NFL. Or play the game you love. You didn't come to. You don't go to. Uh, you don't accept an offer to go play football at a school, and not play. Like you, you, you want to go to a school, get an education, and play.
1: Yeah, I didn't really. When I saw that on the social media, the the Minnesota, you know, fans just just tearing you apart because you're trying to do something special, once in a lifetime thing. It really a couple other things made me think like, we haven't won a major championship in uh, what decades there. And maybe he has to say something about kind of that, that negative uh, spirit like that. I mean, how would you be happy for the guy that given so much to the program for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? I mean, we got to really look at our kind of our fan base, I believe, and hopefully I don't get too much flag for, that, for saying that. But anyways, uh, Cashman, um, going into the Combine. So let's talk about your, your, your thought process and how you, uh, you did that. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I had a great,
2: uh, trainer, uh, Engelberg training system, Ryan Engelbert was my trainer. Uh, he did a great job with me, just getting me ready and uh, prepared. And with the combine, it's, it's, it's an interview. You got a lot, you got to handle, um, but you're on a big stage and, um, you got to make sure you're prepared. And, uh, so what I, I, I was training Monday through Friday, uh, doing everything I could to get stronger, or faster, and, um, you know, also stay healthy because a lot of times it's – you see it every year. A guy can't run his 40 because he pulled his hamster or something. So you, you really got to be disciplined in that time of make sure – that's when you really need a, a scheduled routine every day because you got to go get enough uh, hours of sleep. You need to uh, be eating right. So I was on a meal plan. Uh, I was eating foods I can't even name. I mean, some of them were so gross, but, I mean, I felt great. I felt great. Uh, so it definitely uh, helped me. I just felt more energized in the morning when I got up. And uh, through. I never felt sluggish through my workouts. Um, but I also, you know, I worked with doctors to, um, you know, keep doing stuff with my shoulders. And, you know, maybe my hamstring was feeling tight after running 40s. So I'm working with him. So it's just everything you can do to possibly, you know, set yourself up. Uh, to perform at the combine and then as well my agent uh, had me do a lot of interview prep because uh you spent a lot of time talking with coaches and scouts there and um you got everything's about a, a good first impression so uh it was it was a long it was a long process a long journey to get uh, ready for the combine that pre-draft process but um it was an experience like none other and i'll never forget it
1: yeah because you i mean absolutely went off and I really want to kind of dig into that mindset of that day. I mean, you went above and beyond. That's why you're sitting where you are right now. Yeah. I mean off. How did you what was going on in your head? Uh, well, my,
2: my thing, honestly, and I looked at it, it was like it, like, it really helped me that so many people were saying negative things about me and all these uh, pre-combine articles and stuff like that because. Not a single soul expected me to perform even close to where I performed. So uh, since I was able to do that, I kind of just, like, blew everyone away and left everyone in awe because, uh, you know, they expected me to put up, like, average, not-so-good numbers. So uh, to be able to, you know, outperform expectations uh, uh, really just kind of helped, you know, raise my draft stock. So what were your numbers?
0: Let's hear it.
2: Oh uh, my! Well, my initial forty time was uh, a four five flat. I uh, jumped, I think, a thirty seven and a half inch vert. My broad was a was a ten two or a ten four, one of the two. Uh, pro agility was a four one two, I believe. Uh, the only thing I wasn't satisfied was my cone, three cone, the L drill. That was like a six nine four or something like that but i was happy i got under seven seconds because that's ultimately the goal but uh um, right. uh and then I, I only was able to get 18 on the bench but um you know I, it, that wasn't something that you know i hung my head on because I, i'm somebody with my shoulders i gotta go close grip it's it's a little bit harder but right. i said I, ultimately i just had to show that i could bench and uh, my shoulders were healthy
0: yeah, how just, happy are you that uh, that you're done with those those combine no- things now? Like how happy are you to get back into like real football?
2: It was so football? it was so relieving. I I could not wait to get home. Like it's a long four days of combine. Great experience. I enjoyed every minute of it. But I mean, you're not. It's you're there to perform athletically, which you think you need all like the sleep and rest you can get. But I mean, you're only getting like six hours of sleep a night. Right. And, and you're you're busy all day on your feet so you're just you're physically and mentally exhausted when you come back so uh i mean i was so relieved just to get home sleep in my own bed and um you know just kind of it's it's like it's a it's like the first time in the you know pre-draft process you can just like breathe and relax because you like you've already put in the the work necessary and uh you already did like your kind of your uh pre-draft performance so it's just kind of a waiting game after that
1: so this this is my favorite part um so once again, you've proved everyone wrong. And after that combine, take us through all the critics, all the people that fell in love with you, and <laughs> their, their draft started switching. And, I mean, what was that like?
2: Uh, it definitely was good to see because uh, as you go through the pre-draft process, you start to learn that you want your name buzzing in the media. You want a lot of positive hype around your name as you get closer and closer to the combine because, you know, then people are thinking about it. Um, but I was definitely happy to see it cause it was really the first time, uh, since high school that people were actually saying like positive things about me and, um, you know, my athletic performance, my football performance, uh, because I, you know, I've always been doubted and, um, overlooked. So I was happy to see it. Some of the stuff was a little crazy though. I mean, I was, you know, looking at, I mean, you look at the draft uh boards and like i was looking at at best maybe third round at worst sixth round and i mean there are so many people jumping on i guess the cashman bandwagon saying like late first round early day two pick this stuff and like um but at the end of the day like it's it feels good to have uh people saying nice things about you uh but something i reminded myself was like regardless of saying bad or good things like you can't get complacent you gotta continue to uh grind out the work necessary, because, you know, where I was at, it was far from being over, and there was still a lot of work and things I needed to take care of to uh, be on an NFL roster.
1: You didn't get blinded by the success, but I got to ask you, were there any people before that, combine that were talking all that crap, the critics saying all that stuff, that totally switched their tone after? Uh, no, I, I mean, I might, maybe I just missed it. I'm sure there was, but...
2: Uh, it kind of the guys that had said like negative things they just kind of they they went quiet the haters went quiet and <laughs> did 't hear from them but uh there was a bunch of guys um, you know that were just creating these long uh Twitter threads uh, of tweets that you know were showing clips of my highlights and um, they were kind of breaking my game down and uh kind of announced on me and uh so it, was, it was, there was definitely a lot more more hype but I think everyone that said bad things about me kind of they kind of went in hiding.
1: That's hilarious! It's so true. You're like you were crazy for not going to the bowl game, and then now you're a genius because you did it yeah. and it yeah. worked out. It <laughs> I love that! I freaking love it! That's awesome. Now let's go uh, through the draft experience so we can. Uh, how much time are we had, Dez?
0: Just go ahead. Keep going.
1: Okay. I, I want to get it all. I just want to make sure we're under time. Perfect. Yeah, draft experience. So uh, the draft,
2: hits it's very exciting, um, but you're, you're very anxious. Uh, it's, you know, something that me, as I grew up, I watched every year. Um, but now I was in those players' shoes. And, um, you know, hearing from my agent where I was projected, I wasn't really – I was kind of just enjoying the draft uh, the first day. Um, but it's a numbers game. So uh, I really had to focus on – you know, how many guys in my position are being taken off the board? Because um, if guys are going off the board earlier in my position, then it's likely I'm going to get drafted earlier as well. But uh, if guys are not being taken off the board at the linebacker position, then I'm like, based on my draft stock, I was going to keep getting pushed back. And the draft is something that's very uh, unpredictable. And uh, the craziest things happen every year. You see guys that go second round, projected second round that fall six, and vice versa. So, Uh, It was one of those things I tried not to get my hopes up, which I did. I was, like, hoping for the best, which was, like, third or fourth round. Um, But, you know, I I really just tried to uh, enjoy the experience because um, you only get once in your lifetime you're going to get drafted, and not many people can say that. And uh, I remember it it got to day three. I was getting very very, uh, discouraged and worried that I wasn't going to get drafted. Uh, I wasn't hearing anything from teams, and it wasn't until – Saturday afternoon, day three of the draft, we're in the fifth round. Start getting calls from teams. Uh, They're all talking about, hey, uh, we really like you as a player. I know we've talked a lot the past couple weeks. Um, We'd love to take you uh, after the draft as a priority free agent. And that's not what you want to be hearing early in the fifth round.
0: Uh, Not at all.
2: So so I'm around my family and everything, and they're like, who is that? They're all excited, and I was grumpy. I was mad. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Uh, So I was sitting there, and – watching the draft and i was like you know what i'm gonna give it another 30 minutes like if i'm not picked by the end of the fifth round um you know i'm just gonna go enjoy my saturday go do what i want to do because like i was just so anxious and stressed out um and then uh, about 15 minutes later i'm sitting there and my phone rang uh it was mike McCanahan, the gm at the time of the new york jets and uh he told me that they were taking me that next pick and it just i remember i, I lost my breath it was such a Big sigh of relief just to, you know, know that I was going somewhere and uh, I was wanted and uh, I couldn't have been more excited and ready to, you know, get to New York to start playing for the Jets, start uh, working with my new teammates.
1: I mean, seriously, though, what was it like? Did your mind just blow up? I mean, we were like, did you have flashbacks to your whole career, all the adversity, everything you've gone through? Honestly, the best way, I mean, you're over, you just
2: come. you just overwhelmed with emotion, but uh, the best way I can describe it is like, like I don't know, like if, if you can picture yourself just being so stressed out, like headache, like, like even on like the verge of like tears, you're so stressed and like you don't know what to do with that 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 stress, and uh, you you feel like you're being suffocated. And then as soon as that call comes, it's like you can take a big deep breath, uh, big deep breath, and um, you just you just start like you get like all these flashes of uh, memories in your in your head about. Like everything uh, you've done to like get to where uh, you need to be, and uh, I was just thinking about you know all the great memories I've had playing football, and you know finally being uh, arriving at this moment, which you know something that honestly up until the end of my sophomore year in college I never expected to to be at.
0: That sounds cool. So what's what's the process been like over there with the Jets? Uh,
2: Yeah, uh, so I've been uh, here of the Jets for like five weeks now uh, we got one week left of uh, OTAs and then we get a, a little break before training camp but when I first got here uh, all the rookies so drafted and uh, free agent guys we had to do like an orientation process so uh, there was a lot of administrative stuff we had to do uh, we had to do a lot of meetings try to get caught up in the playbook uh, but then uh, after that first weekend we're here we started you know we jumped in right with all the vets and uh, really, day-to-day, is you get in there, um, you'll have meetings for about two and a half hours, and you'll go take the practice field for another two hours, uh, and then you'll lift um, in the afternoon, and you're out of there uh, by 2, 3 p.m., so it's really like 7 to mid-afternoon. Uh, sometimes the rookies, we have like a, a player development meeting, with they, they, they go over like, you know, right,
0: all the financials, well, and
2: stuff, exactly. like what Not to buy and all that I'm there to educate you a little bit about the league and, uh, like, all these things that are going to be thrown at you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I feel like everything's been going well so far here. I really uh, enjoy being around the other rookies and getting to know my uh, veteran teammates, uh, even though, you know, you never know who's going to be here in the next uh, two
0: months. But uh, shit, the next week, you never yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's a crazy business
2: it is it's wild and it's i'm starting to figure that out real real fast but uh yeah i mean i I like it out here and uh there's a lot to look forward to but there's still a lot of work to be done because no job is safe in this league
1: (laughs) what's uh what's what's it like in the limelight being the man you're an nfl player right now uh
2: you know it it still really hasn't hit me uh as i got out here it started to we started doing like uh these team events and going places uh, and fans are like following us around. It's crazy. Um, but I mean, nobody really knows who I am, at least uh, not yet out here, but uh, it's, it's something that, you know, as you look at other guys that have a big platform on the team uh, that a lot of people know, it's, it's kind of cool to see uh, and learn from them on how they act, how they uh, go about their day, how they handle uh you know, all that pressure of so many eyes on you uh, and just, you know, you can really learn from them and, you know, see the do's and don'ts of, you know, how to control that platform.
0: Awesome. Right. It will, it will hit you when you go back home and you know, yeah. you got your boys there and all that stuff. Um, sure it'll so. definitely be a big, big, big difference. Cause now you're in different shoes, but who's, who's a guy you go to the most in the locker room right now? Uh, well, the
2: us rookies, there's like 23 of us here. We're all really close. Um, we hang out all the time when we're even away from the uh, football building. Um, so, uh, I mean, I hang out a lot with all the uh, freshmen, or not freshmen, all the uh, rookie uh, uh, safeties. And then uh, there's another rookie linebacker here. Um, we've got to know each other really well just because we've got to spend a lot of time in the playbook, making sure we're on the same page. Uh, you know, when we are got our free time. Uh, but from a vet standpoint, uh, Avery Williamson, he's an inside linebacker, Willow linebacker. Uh, I think he's on his sixth or seventh year in the league. Uh, he's a good dude. He's, he's been really helpful. Um, and, you know, he's somebody that's been able to stay in the league and do all the right things. So he's definitely someone I've been looking up to since I've gotten here.
1: What is something that not um – that people wouldn't expect being NFL that you had no idea it would be like this, something that we have no idea It's really took you by surprise.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, and for me right now, it's obviously very, uh, still new to me. I'm still learning, uh, a lot, but, um, you know what I, I would say what really has caught me by surprise is, uh, the practices because, in college, there's so many days where you got the pads on, um, whether you're just in shoulder pads and helmets or full pads. And it's so physical in college. Like, they don't care. I suppose they don't care about your body. You're just there, uh, looked at as an asset for four to five years, and then they're done with you. But uh, they bang up your body in college, I feel like. And in the NFL, when you watch practices, like, rarely are they in pads. Like, they're mostly just in helmets. Um, so I kind of expected when I came into the NFL, like, I'm sure there's a lot of running and stuff, but like I bet your body just feels great after practice or the week because you're not you're not hitting. But I mean, just throughout OTAs, I am so tired because practices, even without pads, are so fast and so physical. Like it's, I really feel like you're out there playing with pads even though you don't have pads on. And um, it it was an easier adjustment going from college to the NFL than it was uh, going from high school to college, but. Uh, just the the speed and physicality of the game at this level uh, has been something that really caught me by surprise, even though I somewhat expected it, but just not in practice. More I was thinking for the games.
1: Awesome. What's the best book you've ever read?
2: Best book I've ever read. Uh, can't name the author, but it's a book called Relentless. Uh, it was a guy that was a mentor trainer uh, for Kobe Bryant, and so. As any like sports fanatic knows, like Kobe Bryant just has a different like mentality than any other athlete. Uh, he's a you know hard-nosed dog kind of guy, and um, it's really a book about like having a relentless attitude uh, and motivation for uh, being successful. Um, I read that book a couple years ago, and uh, it's it's a great book. Highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, you live by it. Um, what's uh, favorite quote? Biggest impact on you? Uh, favorite quote, uh,
2: probably is, uh, it's in my Twitter bio. It's something that I believe it's from like a, a song or something like that, but I, I heard it from Paul George when he was with the Indiana uh, Pacers. Uh, it says, um, don't tell me the sky's the limit when there's footprints on the moon. Uh, I feel like that's something that's just really applied to my life because everyone's trying to put a ceiling on what I, I can achieve and what I'm capable of doing. And I've always you know, gone above and beyond that. So uh, that's just something that, you know, really resonates with me.
1: Who's your? Uh, who's been your mentor in life? Uh,
2: easily uh, my parents. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a cliche answer, but uh, both of them, you know, have made me the man I am today and even the athlete I am today. I mean, uh, my dad was somebody that uh, – you know, he, he's he's a really smart guy. Uh, he's someone that demonstrated what hard work uh, and dedication looks like. Uh, he, he loves sports, too, so he's obviously done a lot of coaching and given me tips on, on how to be a better player, a better uh, athlete, as well as a man. And then my mom, she's always been kind of like my rock, always been there for me. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, how I'm feeling. Uh, I talk to her probably every two, three days, and... Um, you know I, I just really appreciate all the sacrifice uh, and love that she's given me
0: how do you one one thing that the fans don't know about you that you've always wanted them to know
2: ooh it's a good question
0: i mean I, i'm kind of an open book uh
2: uh some funny uh and a little embarrassing that the fans can know, but I used to be the biggest fan of the show Gossip Girl on Netflix. I have seen... Swear
0: thinking- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to God. <laughs> do
0: the Gossip Girl, See, That
2: show goes hard. Don't knock it to you.
1: <laughs> hey, man, to wrap up this interview, you've been great. It's amazing to hear the story, how inspiring you are. What would you uh, say to the to listeners? Something... Uh, kind of wrap up this interview wrap up your uh, your journey so far i would tell anybody you know that's listening to
2: this that you know you, you've got a goal in life it doesn't matter if it's athletic related uh academically related uh you know business related. it doesn't matter what it is i mean you have that goal like don't lose vision of it and don't lose vision of who you are because uh as long as you have faith uh and believe in yourself uh you're gonna get to that goal uh as long as you expect the, the obstacles in adversity you're going to have and just to keep pushing through those because, um, you know, you never know what challenges life's going to throw at you. Uh, I'm a product of it, of just overcoming those. And, you know, who you are, those roots, is really what's going to keep you grounded and uh, keep you focused because at the end of the day, you need to have that faith in yourself and you need to remain focused.
1: You're living proof of it, man. Um, we Hey, we really appreciate you coming on this. I think it's going to make – a a big difference to, to a person or two or hopefully many more who listen. So wish you the best. Can't wait to see you this fall on TV. And, man, just keep doing. And don't forget what got you to where you're at. I what number,
0: Rock Rocking
1: Blake? 53.
0: 53. 53, all right. That's enough for all the fans to look out for. 53 <laughs> out there, the big cash man.
2: <laughs> Check me out. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. And never, Corey, I'm going to say yeah, something.
0: Brother. You have a good one.